Welcome to Dual Win Games Episode 2. Today on Table Talk, we discuss what games would you recommend to new players. We review Terraforming Mars and Rising Sun, and we will go over our top 10 new-to-me games from the past year. We are your hosts, Aaron Schmidt, Ryan Gast, Tim Stearns. So today, for our Table Talk, it is, what games would you recommend to new players? So that could be anything maybe you've recommended already, or maybe someone coming into the hobby, what would you recommend? So I guess kind of take it however you want, but uh, Aaron, what would you uh, what would you say to that? Well, uh, one that I remember liking when I started playing was Mission Red Planet. There's not a lot terribly lot going on in it you got a hand of cards everyone's got the same hand of cards one through nine they the numbers are your initiative and you're basically boarding spaceships and then flying out to mars and the moon on mars phobos and it was pretty easy to pick up the first time i played it takanoko is another good one that's just uh moving your little panda around and yeah, eating the different eating uh, the different bamboo, kinds of bamboo and, and, and gardener. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Looks good too. That always helps new people. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Um, Ryan? I think co-ops are always good because you're working together. It's not competitive where you're just gonna blow them out of the water and turn them off to games where they just get smoked and they're like, oh well. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. one thing you probably want to avoid. So you're kind of working together. And, you know, you're talking things through, like, Pandemic or something else, like a theme that they might be interested in for a co-op, something lighter. Mm-hmm. I think light filler games are really good picks starting out. Something like 30 minutes to an hour or something like that. It's not too long. You keep them interested the whole time. Uh, something like that that looks good on the table, like Sagrada, Azul, Reef, Splendor. You know, they have nice pieces. Maybe the artwork's really cool. Different things like that. There's some strategy, but not tons. Um, I also think social deduction games can work really well, depending on the person. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of there's so many of them out there now. You just pick the theme that interests them the most, and you kind of go with that. And then, most importantly, just know the person that you're introducing the yeah. games and the hobby to. You know? that, that's what I was gonna say. You want to know. I mean, hopefully, you know the person. And, you know, go with their tastes. What do they like? What do they not like? Yeah, what kind of movies, books they yeah, like? Yeah, stuff like that. Um, you might not always know the person. So, for instance, um, I know I told you, Ryan, but uh, I was in a store a couple weeks ago, and every time I go there, I, I always kind of walk by the games, you know. So I'm looking at them, and some lady walks over, and she's, like, talking to her husband about, oh, we should buy a battleship for the kid. Mm. And she actually looked at me and said, "Well, what what would you recommend?" <laughs> so I'm getting all you're like, oh, I'm getting all amped up oh, in my head. My yeah, well, I'm first of all, not battleship. Yep. <laughs> you asked the right person. <laughs> so, but she had said that it was for a Christmas gift for a kid that they don't know. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of one of those things. So I don't know if it was through a church thing or something. But I ended up recommending Monopoly Gamer. Was, well, sure. Was what it was. And, yeah, I could have recommended maybe a better game or this that, but, you know, it's not too bad. It's simple enough. You know, everyone knows Monopoly. Mm-hmm. It might not get the best rap, 
you know, because she asked me, oh, is it like Monopoly? Because I hate Monopoly. Well, <laughs> not really. It's kind of a trimmed down version. So I recommended that to her and, you know, they ended up buying it for the kids. So hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed it. Yeah. How long does that game take? Not, not very long. Because me and, me and my oldest boy, who is going to be six, we play it. We play like the abridged version, so not the full on. Sure. You know, but uh, no, it's pretty quick. So it, it doesn't take nearly as much time as. Well, that's the good. Original. Yeah, that, that's really good. <laughs> um, otherwise, yeah, I, I'd recommend co ops for sure. Pandemic. We gifted Pandemic to a, a couple for a wedding gift once, kind of helping them get into it. All right. They really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, some of the ones that I would say I think fall into your uh, social deduction realm would be like bang the dice game. Very mm-hmm. easy. You're trying to figure out who the sheriff is, who or the sheriff is uh, open information, but who your deputies are and yeah. uh, who the renegade is, and it, that that one's a lot of fun. And it's kind of like feels like party game ish. Yeah, because yeah. you laugh and you the laugh whole time. And fun and when you're playing exactly, with it's not like so. this tense you got to be into it game. Yeah. You can just laugh and have a good time, and people kind of get used to playing games. Yeah, and if they play that first game or two, you know, and then if they're interested, they'll ask you, like, hey, that was fun. What do you recommend now? Or yeah. just different different things. Just plant that seed. Yep. Get them going. So, you know. You don't want to overwhelm them, you know. Yeah. And yeah. like you said before, you don't want to go in there and just blow someone out right away either. Because then it's like, <laughs> How, yeah. how fun is that? You know, yep. this guy that knows how to play games just killed me. Yep. Right. Just absolutely yeah. annihilated me. I had no fun playing. <laughs> right. So, you know, work through it. And mm-hmm. It is now time for today's first review, Terraforming Mars. Terraforming Mars is designed by Jacob Frixis and published by Stronghold Games in 2016. It plays one to five players in 90 to 120 minutes. Terraforming Mars is a competitive game where players take control of a corporation contributing in the terraforming process of Mars. These corporations will be taking on projects of all types to become the corporation who contributed the most to the terraforming process. During the game, players' corporations will be taking on many projects. These corporations will need to produce different resources to help them perform these tasks. Some of them include building power plants, cities, and greeneries. Developing oceans on the planet, raising the temperature and oxygen levels are all very important and grant you money as well as in-game victory points. There are many things that may be done, and it is up to the corporation to undertake what tasks they deem necessary. Corporations will also be racing to complete certain milestones during the game, as well as competing for different endgame awards. The game concludes at the end of a generation in which the goals for oxygen, ocean, and temperature have all been met to make the surface of the planet livable. The winner is determined by adding up victory points in a number of ways. The corporation with the most victory points is the winner. Tim, what do you think about uh, the component quality and artwork in this game? I thought it was fine. Uh, As far as artwork... The one that, for some reason, keeps standing out to me is the picture of the little dog. I, I, okay. <laughs> I don't know why. they. It's just a picture of a dog on the card. It's just one of the animal cards. All right. I think that the uh, the tiles and the board is okay. It's fine. I think the artwork 
isn't very good, and a lot of the quality of the game isn't that good. Like the player boards are those thin. Ugh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. a piece of paper, basically. Yeah. Um, a lot of people complain to you bump it, and all your resource cubes move, so you don't know. We've been spoiled, though. Well, you almost have to get an aftermarket. Yeah. Upgrades. Yeah, like a, what? What's yours? The broken token the broken insert. Token insert. Those yeah. are those are awesome, yeah. especially compared to the original. Yeah, the the what comes with the game is poor. I feel like the card quality is fine. I just don't like some is like photograph stills, but then some is like illustrated. Yeah, why like why not go all illustrated? One way or the other. Just yeah, don't mix it up like that. It just makes it doesn't mesh well. I don't right. feel like. I get that. I like the um, resources, the resource yeah, cubes. Yeah, those, those are cubes, cool. Those are cool. Yep, those are cool. The shiny yep. gold. Cubes and are fine. That, the resource cubes are cool. It's been so long since I've seen some of the original stuff because we've, <laughs> like we say, have been spoiled, and the the inserts and things that you have from Broken Token just take it to the next level. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I want to play it just because I get to look yeah. at the, the, these pretty <laughs> inserts, little first player token, and as far as the artwork, I would agree with you very much. Pick a style, go if, with it. If they just went with one or the other, but yeah, they mixed it like that. Just yeah, I would much rather prefer all artwork yeah but mm -hmm. i mean that's just personal preference but why why mix it right so ryan how uh strong is the theme in this game for you uh it's so so it doesn't feel like terribly thematic but i'm not like totally disjointed from it either i feel like you know i'm this corporation and i'm kind of doing my thing you know yeah i mean you get the corporation cards it just gives me a path yeah you yeah know, it doesn't quite feel like oh i'm this corporation i'm you know exactly um as far as you know the theme of it i i think it's pretty decent where you know you're there's certain cards you can't or can play depending on the heat or the oxygen level so you know it kind of has that little uh little balance to it you know it feels like you're starting from just regular mars and you're, you're starting to, to you're kind of building it up. So, you know, I, I do feel that. I like the theme of the game, mm -hmm. though. I like the theme is cool, definitely. It just doesn't feel that immersive, yeah. thematic kind of thing. I get that. The theme, I think, is great. The, the Mars thing, we discussed this in a previous episode. Um, I'm not necessarily super drawn into it like you. Uh, I, I like asteroids hit you know that that kind of thing is cool to me and it messes with everyone and uh just seeing the board kind of come to life come to life with the different city tiles and when they get placed out there yeah 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 that it looks cool to me what do you think of just the gameplay i like it i think we, the last time we played we played with the uh the drafting variant mm -hmm. and i think i definitely keep playing with that from now on because you can kind of hone your strategy more it's not as much luck of the draw you get to pick the cards that help you more right so um we've always played with the corporate like the corporate era cards uh, definitely like that i like the the card play a lot because you're thinking ah oh, do i want this card but each card you buy you really need to play because money is so tight in the game yeah um i like the engine building and the combos that you can come up with as the game progresses, the race for milestones and the competition for awards is pretty fun. Definitely, I yeah. agree. You're always looking to see, well, how many <laughs> building tags does he have, or oh, what is his mega credit production, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. And the uh, 
I like the strategic placement that can go on with the placement of greenery and city tiles. We try to take advantage of someone else's placement before they get something else. You know that all that stuff kind of works. I like that. There's yeah. Strategy to that. Yeah, and picking the different spots on the board because uh, I really need these two steel to pay for something because some place some spots on the board give you rewards just for placing a tile there. Mm-hmm. That's that's really cool. Yeah, and like I think you had mentioned, Tim. I like the. Uh, the restrictions are like you can only play certain cards at certain times. You know, there, there has to be so many ocean tiles out there, so much oh, yeah, oxygen yeah. in the environment, that type of thing. I like that. Yeah, that's that's always cool with the what cards you're going to draft, you know, because then mm-hmm. that's why I really like the draft too, because then, you know, safe late game, you get a card that you can't play or it doesn't make sense to work, you could just keep passing around, you know, and you don't have to worry about right just getting stuck with, oh, here's four cards i can't do anything you know right yeah. you have a lot more options <laughs> right gives helps. you a lot more options i i would always play with the draft with that being said i like mm-hmm. that a lot i do i really like the game i think it could be better the one thing that i wish was different was the the cards that you can get attacked with mm-hmm. so it's so easy to wipe out someone's greenery not tiles, but the cubes, the plants, the yes. plants that you have, you're building up, and especially if you don't have that built up fast enough, where you can spend it right away. Mm-hmm. It seems like everyone's all as soon as you build it up, everyone's always looking to attack. Granted, you know a lot of those like asteroid cards, the attack cards, mm-hmm. cost a lot generally. Like some of them are like thirty two mega credits to play, like twenty seven, and that's a lot. Yeah. When you, when you want to be doing something else with your cards too, like I gotta get a building tag out. But I, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying they're yeah, expensive to play. They are, but it seems like even if they are expensive, they're always being played. Yeah, it's because someone just feels like that gives them the most immediate reward type of thing. Maybe yeah, it just doesn't pan out over the course of the game. You know, you don't see right. So but, I I wish, and I know Ryan, you and I had talked about it. I wish there were cards, or somehow they built it into the cards themselves, that were like a reaction. So, oh, someone's playing an asteroid. Oh, you got a deflector shield or something, you know. (laughs) So maybe it doesn't completely neglect or take away your card that you played that could hurt me, but I can defend it. Perhaps so, lessen the yeah, lessen the blow. Like you know, so of, it doesn't feel so bad. You know, yeah, I'm fine with like being able to destroy other people's plants that being in there. But if you're like the guy with all the plant production, no one else is really doing it. You're always targeting. Oh yeah, and that can yeah. be really frustrating. And that's your main strategy. I mean, some people would say, "Well, change your strategy," but maybe you worked half the game. So yeah, I think there should be a way where you could. Defend against it somehow. Yeah, there's, it costs you something, but you're able to defend against it. There's if you want. literally sure. one card in the deck. Yeah, that prevents that, it. That prevents yeah. it. So I wish there was more. Even if it was just a thing like, oh, instead of wiping out all your plants, wipe out with your deflector or whatever you know that you're saying the reaction wipe it only wipes out half because yeah, you were right. prepared for it or something. Right. And the rest of it doesn't feel too bad. Like the oh, lower someone's. Uh, resource production one spot of this or that doesn't seem bad and this is just for me at least i don't know about you it's it's a minor thing that i don't yeah i just wish there was a way you could defend against it but it doesn't take away from the game very much for me no it doesn't as long as you're not 
solely going green. Yeah. And then just getting bombarded. Right. You know, like, you kind of know that going in once you've played it so many times that, you know, you kind of spread yourself out a little bit and do a few things here, a few things there, you know, yeah. kind of mix it up. So it's not horrendous. It's not terrible. It's, you know, maybe just being nitpicky, if mm. anything. But that's that's my negative for the game. My biggest negative is those player boards. Yeah. A, a com- <laughs> <laughs> components aside. Yeah. Gameplay-wise, that's that's mine. But otherwise, you know, I, I really like getting the cards, playing the cards, you know, spending different stuff. You know, maybe you can build up your titanium and some cards you can use that to help pay for your cards and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to balance it out. Do I s- spend this money to get these cards? But then I got to figure out how much money I have, if I want to do other actions and all sorts of... It's cool. Cool little balance. I like, too, how they actually let you take two actions in each of your turns. Yeah. So you can kind of jump yep. up on something like, oh, I'm going to do this, and then pay for that milestone that I just achieved before someone else can take it. Right. Or things like that. I like right. that a lot. And you have the option to just do one thing on your turn, so you might have, you know, you're kind of waiting to yep. see what other people are doing, exactly. and then you can, the next turn, take your two actions if you want and but if you pass you're just done yeah mm-hmm. that was cool and i like you were saying i really like how you can spend the titanium and the steel to pay for cards that relate to titanium or steel they have the tags on them yeah that, that was really cool mm-hmm. so what would you uh rate it there ryan i'd probably give it about an 8.5 i uh i like it a lot yeah there's uh is this really fun to play it's satisfying it uh doesn't take that long but yeah, I've enjoyed all my plays of it quite a bit. I'm gonna shake it up. I'm gonna say it's 8.5. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> Just keep that different. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I I really enjoy it. I think if there was more, like I said before, if there's more defense for the plants, it would go up quite a bit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's okay. That's it. I'm gonna give this one a nine. Uh, I really like it. It is. It definitely doesn't overstay its welcome. It's kind of like it's out there. You have enough to think about. You're doing a lot, and then it wraps up really nicely. Yeah, yeah the uh, like the last couple generations, it really ramps up because people are they're kind of panicking. They're not sure if it's going to end this generation, next generation, and you're all playing as mm-hmm. much stuff as you can before the end of the game. Right. That wraps up our review of Terraforming Mars. It is now time for our review of Rising Sun. Rising Sun is designed by Eric Lang and published by Cool Mini or Not in 2018. The game plays 3 to 5 players in 90 to 120 minutes. Rising Sun is a competitive dudes on a map game where each player plays a clan trying to rule the land of the Rising Sun after 4 seasons. Your goal is to accumulate the most victory points by game end. In Rising Sun, players' clans will be making alliances together. These alliances will provide benefits when either of the allied players takes an action. You may not want to ally with anyone at all in the fear of being betrayed, although betraying is dishonorable. During the game, players will be taking actions such as recruiting, training, and marshalling troops. Clans may harvest their land to reap the benefits of their domination in the province. Clans will be sending their Shinto out to worship on different shrines to provide great powers for their clans. At the end of each season, war will break out in provinces where there was turmoil during the season. In war, clans may kill their subjects before the war begins, they may want to hire Ronin to help in the war, or take hostages from the rival clans. 
only one clan will be ruling over the province at the end of the war. After four seasons, the clan with the highest victory point total will be known as the rulers of the land of the rising sun. So, what did you guys think about the component quality and artwork in this game? I think that the uh, component quality and artwork is really good. I don't know if the base game or the non-Kickstarter came with the mandates with the... Uh... They were cardboard. Okay. So... That's one thing to keep in mind, what we're talking about. I got the full Kickstarter version, so that came with the... The tiles? Yeah, the tiles. They're like... Um, Bakelite? Yeah, they kind of look and feel like porcelain, but are not, because... Like a domino. Just break. Like yeah, like a domino. Instead of cardboard. Yeah, and then the um, yin-yang tokens. Okay, yeah. For the tea ceremony. Yeah, the tea ceremony tokens, um, for your color, they are cardboard. And which the ones that we have are plastic, and then also the strongholds are all cardboard. So even if you look at all that stuff, it's good quality. It, mm -hmm. Even if it was cardboard, it's a nice stick cardboard. Yeah, you know what I mean. The artwork looks real nice. It's colorful, vibrant. Yeah, the, I'm I'm a big fan of the the way the board looks. It's almost like a watercolor. Yeah, it's kind of got that traditional like Japanese look. Yeah, going looks, on. Looks really good. The artwork, yeah, is great all around. I really like the, even just the symbols on, like, the political mandates. Those look really nice. Um, the miniatures are incredible. Mm -hmm, like yeah. most cool mini or not in Eric Land games. Mm -hmm. um, the green player colors, I really like. The one mm -hmm. miniature for that where the dude is on the back of another guy. Oh, yep. Yep, that, that uh, really cool. that's that's cool. And then again, it's Kickstarter version, but the the turtle clan oh, strongholds. It's yeah. like a turtle, giant turtle, or with giant turtle with a building on his back yeah. and a stronghold on his back. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, the monsters or whatever they're called, I can't remember. What yeah, the oni, oni, the oni. Those are incredible looking. Yeah, know. yeah. It's, I would say it's pretty much you know rising. Uh, sorry, blood rage. Yeah, type quality, you know, with the components. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. With that, a lot of the art direction from that from mm -hmm. Blood Rage, but in this game, being the Japanese culture, instead the Onis look really cool. But you know, it has that similarity yeah. to Blood Rage. Mm -hmm. How uh, strong is the theme for you, Tim? The theme, um, I would say it's it's up there. You know, I, I feel like I'm kind of the head shogun of a clan in a sense, and, um, you know, you make deals with other clans, and then you're out there fighting for area control. As the game goes on, you're kind of upgrading your clan as well, so kind of going through the seasons, then also you're sending some of your, the, uh... Shintos. Yeah, you're sending your Shintos up to the shrines to, uh, to kind of worship those uh, four gods of that game, so it's, I, I feel it. For me, it's so-so. It's not like I uh, I don't feel the theme at all. I feel it. I don't feel like I'm like controlling some clan or anything like that. So it's like it's average for me, you know. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I don't I don't really feel too like I don't feel immersed into the world necessarily. Oh. I don't sink my teeth into it like I'm really out there like controlling where my guys are going and dominating this countryside. What do you think of the gameplay? The gameplay for me, I. I enjoy it, the working together. Uh, I, I, I like the the start of each season. You decide who you're going to kind of match up with. So then that will carry over into when you're actually playing the mandate cards. 
or maybe you don't have anybody to partner up with. So whatever the case is, when you go into it, I like how the mandate cards works. You pick the mandate card, and depending on what it is, you might be the last person to take the action. So if you're going to marshal or summon units, the player next to you takes a turn, it comes around, and then you're the last one to go. Okay. So when you when you take the train action, you're actually, you go first. Right. Uh, so I, I, I like that quite a bit. The different war tiles. So each season, you're not going to have the same war providences. Yeah, I like that. How it, yeah. They're not all in it. Yep. And de- some, yeah. yep. Depending on the player count, you're going to have, you know, sometimes you might not even see a providence show up in that track. Yeah, and that makes it more like challenging uh, or different every time trying to get those sets of those tokens, which is cool. It makes you move around more. Right. Yeah. Typically, so you can't just camp a spot. Exactly. It's almost like the board resets a lot after each season because there'll be some battles. Usually, almost all but everyone gets wiped out at the end of the battle. Right. Yeah. And then also the end of the game scoring. You can't really sit in one location either because part of the scoring is getting sets of the Providence cards. So if you just sit in one spot and you win one province the entire game, you're not going to have any sets to actually build up your score. You know, it might work if you're doing a different strategy, but that's you know that's something you got to think about. I like the uh, the mandate action selection mechanic quite a bit. I like how you're grabbing four of them, picking one that you want. I just enjoy that a lot. You know, you don't know what quite you're going to get. You're planning, and I like the bonuses that you might get with your ally. The uh, season cards I enjoy a lot because that makes, when you train, because that makes each clan different throughout the game. And you can always diversify game to game so you feel like you're doing different things, different powers. Some cons that I have are the combat for me. I I appreciate that it's unique. And, I mean, Cry Havoc did something somewhat similar. Yeah, with that the, one, it's open, kind of bidding-ish. Right. But this one's secret, and it's basically just bidding. I don't enjoy it really at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly if you have more coins than the other person, for the most part, predict what they're gonna do, and you just take the majorities in those things, and just I don't know. I wish there was cards you could play as well. Right. To shake it up a little bit. There are some cards you can buy. That at the start of the season, it yeah, might at the start, a but not bit. like a surprise type right. thing. Not really. It's all kind of open. Yeah, yeah, I wish there was something like, oh, after it's revealed, maybe you have a card that lets you move coins from one spot to another, or just little things like that. Right, and that could see even more of the season cards. It's like your special is after the resolution is presented, you can slide them over. Yeah, do you what you got to do. One spot to another spot, something right. like that, and the. Uh, and maybe that's in there. We haven't played with any of the expansion stuff yet. We've just played the base game. Yeah, and there's a lot of... The base game itself, it comes with, I believe, three different sets of season cards. There's the base season cards, and then there's three different sets that you can add in to help change it up. And so we haven't even touched the Kickstarter cards for it. So that would include different ways to upgrade your clan, but then also different monsters that you can actually bring into the game. Okay. which might help change it too. I'd have to look more, a little more deeper into that to see. So for me, the combat is probably the one 
thing that kept me from really enjoying the game. I just didn't like the combat at all. And the uh, the other thing was a lot of times, every game I've played, I've only played three or four, usually by the end of the second season or a little earlier, I could tell who's going to win. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like there's a runaway leader problem in most games. I mean, yeah, so Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot or read a lot of people that don't like the war portion of it. Um, I don't mind it. To me, it's it's the weakest part of the game. Yeah, I don't I don't know what would really help that. If I don't know if I would say that having reaction cards would help it. If I would, mean, it, it, might, it might not. It wouldn't hurt. But for me, if they did it that way with the bidding and the boards and stuff, that would help it for me. But I mean, there's totally different ways you could. Do yeah, it. I I yeah. do. I do like that it is hidden. I'd prefer it hidden than the open for Cry Havoc because in Cry Havoc, you could see what the person did. It's like, well, okay, I can't do anything. But at I least know in Cry Havoc, you can play cards though. That after yeah. you play them, it lets you move people around. Okay, yeah, it's, it's been so long since we played that, but right. just you know, thinking back, I would rather have it hidden information. Mm. Um, so I, I don't mind it as much. I, I'm guessing that I don't hate it as much as you guys, but. I don't hate it. And the last thing I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of neutral on, leading towards, it's kind of a negative for me, is the alliances. I don't hate them. And it's part of the strategies, making your alliances with the right person at the right time, or picking the right mandates that help you more than them, that type of thing. Sometimes someone can get left out or really lag behind, or someone else can really get puffed up if the other person plays poorly, which for me just takes down the experience of it but i don't dislike them that much either i like how you get a little bonus with them when you have the mandate cards that you Mm -hmm. pick so that's cool so i'm kind of like on both sides of the fence on that i think part of that could be just having the players that know how the game works so if you have someone new that okay yeah I'll, i'll team up with you and then you start running away with it so if they don't try to knock you down a little bit if they don't betray you or if they try to keep the alliance going you know, that could also affect the runaway leader problem too, potentially, if they're yeah. just if they're just not they're going at optimal because they're not Ye- sure. right. Yeah, that whole king making aspect yeah, we, by not yeah. knowing just because you're an inexperienced Or just a knucklehead. Or or just a knucklehead. <laughs> uh, the wet bandits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, why don't you start by giving us your rating of the game um my final rating would probably be a seven it's something that i will play i uh i don't like it that much but i don't, I don't dislike it really either there's a couple big issues for me mm-hmm. with the game but i enjoy a lot of the game as well so it's kind of in that weird stage uh, i would have to say mine's quite a bit higher than yours it would be like an 8.5 or 9 somewhere in there if the war strategy thing was a little different it would go quite a bit higher but i i don't know what i'd want it to be changed to okay yeah uh i'm gonna probably go with like six and a half to seven uh i will always play it when we when someone pulls it out i would i wouldn't pick it but it looks really cool and i like the little minis and just how everything is so that that brings it up so, from like a, a six to like a six and a half seven just a sucker for the shiny new stuff <laughs> it, it does <laughs> definitely look really good um but yeah it is now time for our top 10 new to me games 
of the past year. So what we mean by this, it's new games to us. So it could be a game from five years ago, ten years ago, from this past year, but it's new games that we have played. So, Ryan? Right, my number ten is a game designed by Vladimir Suchi and published by CGE, and that is uh, Prodigal's Club. And that's a game where uh, there's three different boards, and you're trying to lose all your money, lose an election, and lose all your friends, or your standing in society. And the person who does the best at losing everything wins the game. So there's actually three scoring ways. You take those three tracks, basically, and you take your highest of those three, and that's your final score. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting game, how you're just trying to essentially be the best at being the worst yeah which it's a new concept to me and it played out really fun the mechanics in the game are interesting Mm -hmm. i have fun yeah it's a it's a good one it's like you had said the scoring is pretty interesting where you're trying to lose points but then at the end of the game you're gonna your final score is gonna be the highest yeah, the ones you lost the least so, in. Yeah, basically. the ones you lost the least in. So, so you try to get everything even. Yep. There's one guy in our, our gaming group. <laughs> he <laughs> hates it. it was just, he it could was, not grasp that. <laughs> he yeah, would he, only go for two of them. So one of them, was just, he was like maxed out. So he scored like max points on. Yeah, and we kept asking him like, now are you sure you're, you're understanding this right? <laughs> like, are you getting this? Yeah, yeah. No, I got it, I got it. He's not getting it. <laughs> no, he didn't get it. So. But it was, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So it's not for everybody, but uh, I really enjoy it. Prodigal's Club. My number 10 is a game that came out in 2018. And Aaron, you and I just played it two-player just a couple days ago. And that is Architects of the Western Kingdom. So this game, it's, it's a lot of fun. I really like the, the placing out your workers, you start with all of your workers. So you don't kind of have that, you know, I got two actions or whatever. Right. So you're just going until you run out of people or you're trying to get trying to get your people back, trying to get them out of prison. Yeah, it's 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 cool. I like all the buildings and how they give you different little things throughout the game and they score a lot of points. Um, <clears throat> and you have to use that in resource management. Uh, to build those buildings, and I like how you have to have the different apprentices who have different skills to build those buildings as well. That was really cool. Yeah, I like the. Uh, I know we had talked about it just our last episode, yeah. but I do really enjoy the uh, that capture and release mechanic, like yeah. that type of thing. And then the uh, artwork's great. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to try the other game, like the Raiders of the North yeah, Sea and that yep. type of stuff. So. Yep. But, yep. Good pick. Yeah, the one kind of complaint that I would have about it, even though it's my game. Is those cards are just a weird size. Like uh, nowhere online can I find sleeves for this game. Oh really? Yeah, it's it's a little thing. It's a hands off type game. <laughs> yeah. So my number ten is a game by I believe Wizkids. Uh, real short. It's Fantasy Realms. We played it like every time we play it, we play like three, four, five times in a row, uh, just trying to build that best hand. You know, um, it's a it's a good filler game for sure. Like 10 minutes max, it feels yeah. like. Uh, Scoring almost takes longer than the game itself. Yeah. <laughs> <Typically>, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trying to figure out, uh, do I have this combo? Oh, but this flood negates literally all of that I worked for. And it 
I think the first time I played it was just before Origins. But then when we were at Origins, we played it like every night in the hotel room, just three, four times as we were turning in. Yeah, it's one of those. You you play one, you want to play another right away because you're like, oh, so close to building this great hand. Like, mm-hmm. just let me try it again, type of thing. Yeah, it's it's almost like a weird concept of a game because aren't you? Um, you're you're just trying to form your hand. You're not trying to form like a deck or anything, right? Right. Yeah, you just you take the cards in your hand and you score them based on the certain rules or right so you're trying to like maximize what you have playing off each other you know you're yep. going for monsters or you're going for like the king and queen and the yeah whatever else and it's always fun because you know it's it's super short so you don't invest too much into it but it's one of those things like oh i'm trying to get like this 100 point card if i can only get the clock tower <laughs> and you're just waiting trying to run through the deck and all some game ends and all your Aaron had the clock tower, and he just completely ruined my hand. Now I score zero, you know. Yeah. And it got me one point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I think it's one of those two where the first game you might not know what to expect from it, but then you enjoy it after you play it that first time more and more each yeah. time. Oh, yeah, give it a couple of playthroughs because yeah. it, it, it shines. That's my number 10. Right, my number 9 is uh, Puerto Rico. Now, this is an older game, but I actually just played it a couple months ago for the first time. I really enjoyed it. I like how... You pick a role, and then you get a little more of a benefit doing that action, and then everyone else behind you does that same action without that little bit of a benefit. I like the strategy of it. You can kind of plan ahead on what buildings you might want to acquire throughout the game and near the end of the game. It was just really fun when I was each time I played it. I don't know if I have played this game. Puerto Rico? Uh, I played it at Game Hall Con. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm getting the shake no that I haven't played it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. I only played it the one time after you had played it. You came yep. back and talked to me. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I'd like to try more before I give a definite, you know, whether I like it or not. But it's pretty good. So my number nine, it, uh, it was released in 2016. I think the first time I noticed it was at Origins of that year. Uh, anyways, uh, it's the Networks. Mm. Okay. Uh, kind of a interesting little game where you're basically the head honcho of a network television studio, whatever you want to call it. So you start off with really crummy shows, and... Part of the fun is just reading the different shows and trying to get different shows on your network because they're all like parodies of actual shows. It's kind of funny. But what you're doing is you're building up your network. You're getting better shows. You're getting actors. You're getting commercials and all sorts of different stuff like that. So, Yeah, I like uh, how different shows fit get you more points at different time slots. Like you have the 8 p.m. show, the 9 p.m. show, the 10 p.m. show, and the different actors as well get you points if they're like, well, it's a sci-fi actor and you cast him in a sci-fi, it gets you more right. points. That's cool. But I think my favorite part of the game, I like the game, not to discredit it, but one of my favorite parts is just reading the stupid <laughs> like show titles. Right. And- <laughs> I feel the same way. I think that's my favorite thing in the game is just the humor of the game and the art fits it perfectly yeah like north lawn instead of south park or whatever yeah Yeah. my number nine we played at origins none of us own it i'd like to play it again it's el grande it's uh area control type of game 
it you have those different cards you play to do different actions on the board and you're putting your cubes out trying to uh basically do the area control but you can also put them in this tower that's revealed at the end of the round, round or something, or something yeah, yeah. like that and whoever has majority in there gets a bunch of points and the different regions are worth different points that you score in um it was just a cool game from it looks like a long time ago i don't know when that yeah, game was i made, think it's like the first area control game pretty much that yeah. came out but yeah it's yeah like you said that tower and then you score that i think and then you put those cubes you secretly choose and then those cubes go in a certain region as well right yeah, yeah. it doesn't look pretty no uh, it's very yeah. old and very minimalistic yep but it there was enough like strategy and depth into it that i had a lot of fun playing it and my number eight is wendake and i don't think either of you have played it but it's where you're uh Native Americans, and you're playing tribes around the Great Lakes regions. It's very interesting because you have this action board, and I believe there's nine tiles, and it's like a three-by-three three grid. And when you take actions on it, it flips over, and it does a different action. I think it's like a sacred fire or something like that. But then at the end of the round, your bottom three tiles slip off your board. You can upgrade one of them, and then they go onto the top of your board, flipped face up again it was just really it felt really unique and refreshing that whole that was the main aspect of the game and there's a lot of used doing stuff on the board trying to control regions and collect resources and get tribal masks and different things and then your score so you have four different you have uh, four different tracks and two tracks are combined together and you take your lowest score on each of those tracks combine that and that's your final score so you kind of want to do keep everything even. You want to do a little bit of everything. You don't want to just shoot up on one track and leave another one lagging behind. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I haven't played it. It looks really interesting. I don't know. Try. It was kind of a... I had never heard of, heard of it at all, and then I just saw a video on it, and I was like, oh, that seems cool. And I looked more into it, and I was like, oh, check this out. And it was kind of a surprise. Hmm. Uh, my number eight is a game from... 2017 and ryan your brother was the one that picked it up and brought it over and that is heaven and ale you know you're just kind of you got your player piece you're moving it around so you can skip as far ahead as you want and get the tile you want on the little circular board uh, but everything you skip over people behind you can slowly take their time and then kind of take what they want and then when you place it out in your field depending on if you put it on the dark side the darker light side you might pay differently and then that also if you put it on one side you get coins the other side you actually get the resource right yep. going up the track mm -hmm. yep. uh, and then the end scoring is kind of interesting where you take everything you have and you're slowly kind of moving it back and forth so you kind of yeah depending on how far you're yeah, your it's kind of weird how to explain. You move your, re your farthest resource moves back, and your your farthest one behind catches up, and then wherever they yeah. all end up is kind of your... Yeah, it's an interesting scoring, mm -hmm. half the scoring. Yeah. My number eight is uh, Photosynthesis, blue-orange games, I think. Yeah. And you're basically just planting trees and well uh, seeds out on this board the sun moves around the board and when you grow trees you're gaining light points you're photosynthesizing 
Um, and those points that you earn based off the height of your tree, like level one, level two, level three, get you one, two, or three points. And you use those as light points to buy new seeds, buy new trees to put out on the board. And you're trying to get to the center of the board because it gets you the most points. It's more fertile soil. Um, I think that with four players, it's max player count is definitely its best. It feels a lot um, tighter you know, uh, a lot more competitive. Whereas with two players, it kind of is just like, oh, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over here and we kind of leave each other alone. It's not hugely detrimental where you place your things as much. And it was a cool concept and it looks really cool on, on the table It with all the different size trees, the different color trees. Yeah. One of the coolest things is the trees themselves. Cause they're actually like standees, like little cardboard trees yeah and they're they're cool sitting on the table looks kind of looks interesting yeah first time i played it i think it was the three of us i i didn't hate it but i didn't like it either i was just like ah, oh, whatever i know i don't need to play that again mm-hmm. but then we played it again it was with four and i think because i understood the game a little bit more kind of what to expect too but i really enjoyed the tightness and the interaction with four players mm-hmm. and uh the theme is cool and even though it's an abstract it it does feel thematic, like, you know, all the stuff mechanics make sense. It's just, that's yeah, a fun game. All right. My number seven is a game that uh, I bought at Origins. I think I bought, like, the last or second-to-last copy there. And uh, oh, yeah. we wanted to demo it, but we were never able to. It was always full. And that is uh, Coimbra. Mm. I love the look of the game. You know, it's got vibrant colors and artwork. Playing the game is interesting because you're, you're placing your dice out, you want to grab some cards, so you're drafting dice and placing them out. So the interesting thing with that is the value matters because that's going to be what you pay when you're either paying coins or shields. There's two different incomes in the game. So you're grabbing that, and then the other thing is your income at the end of the round is based on the color dice that you pick. So if you pick gold, you're getting coins. If you pick gray, you're getting shields. If you pick purple, you're moving your monk around on the track, going to different monasteries, getting different bonuses and points, and then uh, green just gives you straight victory points. But it's really interesting. I like it a lot. I think the one thing it will need long-term is an expansion where it adds more cards, the cards that you buy, because you use all of them in the game. You just don't know when they're coming out, but I think it needs like another deck of that or half, just some more cards just to change up the... You don't know what cards are going to come out and that type of thing. Otherwise, it might get a little samey. Yeah. Like, all the rest of the stuff is really variable, and they have a lot of extra pieces, but I think that they just need more cards. I only played it the once, and I thought it was, meh. I want to try it again to see if my opinion will change on it. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just drafting dice. Well, I feel pretty similarly to Tim. I only played it the one time, and I thought it was okay. I think that playing it a few more times might change that. Uh, I don't know if I really got a good feel for the game. How long does it take? Like 45 minutes, an hour? No, it's hour and a half, two hours. Oh, okay. I know we had played it. It was near the end of the night, too, so we're all kind of tired that time. But, yeah, me and uh, my wife and I have played it two players a lot, mm. and we both really enjoy it. So, my number seven, it is the second oldest game on my list. Way back 
2014. Like they say, like, oh, 2017. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's Alchemist. Uh, I really enjoy the, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to mix these different potions. So you're, you're putting your workers out there, you're getting different ingredients, and you're doing different things on the board. Uh, but then the really interesting part is when you are trying to do the deduction where you're, you've got two different ingredients, you're going to plug them into the app or however you figure out how to do that, uh, and then it spits out, okay, this makes a green negative or a green plus or whatever the case might be, and then you're kind of putting it up on your little your little pegboard, whatever you want to call it, and you're trying to figure it out. So, It's a fun deducting game when you get the hang of it. It yeah. it can like if you get to the end and you realize you screwed something up early, it can be like uh, you know really kind of crushing. But yeah, it's uh, it's tense. You kind of double check and just constantly to see if you yeah did your stuff right. And a lot of times, if somebody like disputes your claim, it's always like, oh my god, am I am I wrong <laughs> or is he just is yeah. he bluffing there? Or? Yeah. My number seven. Tim has already mentioned, and that is Heaven and Ale. I don't know if i got a lot more to say about it. I really like the uh, <clears throat> movement around the board, how you can skip as far ahead as you want, because you really need that piece, but then you're screwed for a while. Everyone can kind of just make their way up, mm -hmm. you know, and get everything else they need. It was a cool game. I'm glad your brother picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had seen it before. And I was interested in it, and I knew he would be interested in it as well. And when he picked it up, I was pretty stoked to play it. My number six, Aaron, you just mentioned, and Tim, you oh. mentioned earlier too, that's Heaven and Ale. Um, pretty much all the reasons you guys listed. I uh, It's one of those games I almost always do really bad at, but I have a <laughs> lot of fun playing it. And I kind of want to always play it again after playing it too, just to be like, oh man... I can do better next time, but yeah. And I hear they're coming out with a new expansion uh, next year, I believe. I'm not sure what it entails, but just heard that. I did not know. Nice. My number six, it is a game from 2017, and it is very popular. Gloomhaven. Uh, it's a game, it's huge. The box itself is just gigantic, so... You, it's kind of a story, story-driven-ish game, kind of legacy-ish game, but you uh, basically what it comes down to is you enter a dungeon or a warehouse or streets, whatever you're fighting at, and you're going through and you're playing your cards. So as you play your cards, you're slowly exhausting yourself. So then on your turn when you rest, you pick up your deck, then you discard cards or however it works out and you're kind of going through and fighting through and my wife and i have been playing a two-player and we've really been enjoying it we're not terribly far into the story but we're far enough where we're we're having a lot of fun with it so yeah the box looks awesome <laughs> <laughs> i haven't looked or researched it much because when i do play it i want it to be all brand new to me yeah you don't want to give it away for yourself right yeah i haven't played it yet either my brother has it too and uh, i know he wants to play a two-player campaign or whatever with it so i'm mm -hmm. excited to try that out it actually has a board in there 
but all you use the board is to put stickers on for new locations. It's just a big map. Uh, of, like, the town? Yeah. The, well, okay. the, it, like, zooms in on the town, and then it's got just the countryside okay. on the other part. So as you're playing, it says, you know, you finish a, a mission, it's, you know, you unlock these two locations, or maybe as you're going through a dungeon, you might find a map. So it says, oh, you get this location, you know, and you kind of, you can go there later if you want. And, you know. Is the artwork as cool inside as the box? Yeah, the dungeon tiles are okay, but, uh, you know, the minis are decent. There's not a ton of art. I, I like the, the board of the map. You know, that looks cool. Not much art on cards either. It just seems interesting because you're building your character and yeah, you see it's them more of progress a, yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, okay. more of that. My number six is a tile-placing game, Warsaw City of Ruins. mentioned that in my top ten and I had to make this list. Again, just a, a really cool, different take on tile drafting and placing. I really enjoy it. I know we talked about it last episode, but I... I like it a lot. I hope they come out with an expansion, and I like the tile placement mixed with the card drafting and the scoring. It just melts together really well and yeah. simple, but yet there's tough decisions to make. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, too, that I I think that at this point, Tim just can't play the game. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, I still haven't played it, just for the record, so we'll keep you posted. All right, my number five is a game that you picked up, Tim, at uh, Origins, I believe, and that is Altiplano. I like Orleans a lot, so, I mean, this is right up that same alley. It's different enough, though, so you can own both, definitely, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's just fun. I like the bag-building mechanic, and then, yeah, you're collecting resources, moving around. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think it's interesting having the little ti- the tiles instead of a board. You know, you're moving around to the action spots and taking those those actions. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of different strategies that you can employ. I think I don't I haven't played it a whole lot. It's a few times. Yeah, and you, it you feels s- like you start the game with your person, so mm-hmm. that person gives you a special ability or special action space that you can utilize through the game. So it does help drive your strategy, mm-hmm. who you get. Yeah, I, my only complaint with the game is the components of the little cart you have. Oh, sure. I, I had to glue most of them together just to keep them together. These cardboard trays that you basically put your tokens at after you spend them, and then you put them in the bag. And all the bag, too. The well, bag the bag is awful. <laughs> when you go from the Orleans bags to... These bags, I mean, it's it's you know. I was it's not pulling out strings out of yeah. my, yeah. my bag. And They're pretty stringy. <laughs> it's like, come on. <laughs> Other than those two, and those are minor things, yeah. yeah. Obviously, but yeah, it doesn't d- uh, take away from the gameplay. Yeah. Right. My number five. It is a game that I recently picked up, and it was produced in 2018. Western Legends. Uh, I've played it just a few times now, uh, but I've I really enjoyed each time we've played it. It's one of, uh, they call it like a sandbox game. So at the start of the game, you get your character. They're all um, historical characters. So they're, they're kind of geared a certain way. So maybe one's better at poker, maybe one's a sheriff, or one's better at robbing banks, or whatever the case is. So 
you got different actions you can do on the board to try to gain legend points. You're trying to build yourself up. Really interesting. Uh, there's an expansion coming out soon, at least on Kickstarter. Uh, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. See what that brings to it. It was definitely an honorable mention for me. I had fun playing it, even just the one time. It was it got pretty high up on the games I've played this last year. The poker was a, was a minor complaint. You know, I, I feel like I want to play a full hand of Texas Hold'em. It wouldn't be that hard to do that. I only get three cards or whatever mixed with two, uh, and you can't get a good poker hand like ever, I feel like. But I have only played it the one time. It was fun, though. It does say that with the expansion, it gives a variant on how to play poker. Okay. So I don't know what that entails, but that's one yeah. thing they're changing. And I do think I won, so <laughs> it was, yeah, was uh, that, that generally fun, makes yeah. me like it better. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought the uh, what is it, the outlaw and sheriff or deputy yep. track. Yep. I thought that was interesting. The rest of the game for me was just kind of, eh. <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't like fun. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> it was just, was a, I guess sandbox might not be my play style because it was just a bunch of mini games that felt half-baked or just i'd like to try it again i'd play it again just to see what i fully think my number five is one of tim's favorite games that's hansa Tatanka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's a really cool euro where you're placing out different little workers your cubes or the circles i don't remember what they're called but basically connecting to cities and taking actions based on those cities or putting your guys in those cities to upgrade yourself on your board. And when you do that, you unlock new things on your board or better things, rather. You're basically upgrading yourself. Uh, and you're trying to... <laughs> it's a game where you're trying to rat each other, basically. like It, it helps a lot to block someone else yeah. so they take your cubes off and you can place them somewhere else that you wanted to play some uh, mm. uh, it, it was a lot of fun each time we played it and being that tim loves it so much it makes it better for me he's he's being very sarcastic this game <laughs> <laughs> it is it's real low for me and i i think it's because well i know it's because when it encourages you to cut someone off, it helps them so much and it hurts you more. Because you have to discard cubes that you have. You get your little cube pool, whatever you want to call it. So if you displace somebody, they get to move their cubes to another spot. But then you have to discard a cube to your discard pile to put a cube out there. It's just like, you know, if you got... You're kind of moving along, trying to get to one location. Someone just keeps cutting you off. <laughs> it's just super frustrating and not not good. I could see that. Yeah. Okay. All right, my number four is a Euro game that I feel has great interaction. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know I knew, what it, I knew is. it was coming. I knew it was coming. But it just feel to me, it's like it has great interaction where it's not just. It's not really forced because it's it's part of your strategy and it really helps you do well. You got to really strategically place stuff throughout the board, and that's Hansa Teutonica. We were just talking about it, but that's number number four. 
but I just like the, uh, it's, it feels elegant, the actions are simple, straightforward, but it's like that Euro game that just has that interaction and it just flows so well through the game and has a lot of strategy to it. It looks awful, but uh, mm-hmm. I really, really, really enjoy the simplicity, yet tough decisions you have to make during the game or the angst that you feel. Yeah, it looks awful and it plays awful. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you just don't like interaction. I don't know. I, I guess. It must not really be your thing, though, because there's a few games like yeah, there's Terraforming Mars and Coimbra a little bit, maybe. Yeah, but, but you made a good point about Coimbra, though. Yeah. And I, it is, like, I like interaction. But I just don't. I think when in it's Euro, you don't like. Yeah, it. when it, when it's too much, like if I'm trying to do my own strategy and I just keep getting rad, if anyone like, throws a wrench in it, at yeah, all, it throws me off because like, I'm like, I've got what I want, right? Yeah. And I'm going for it, and then I'm just getting punched. <laughs> That's not what I'm playing this for. I'm not. It's a great game though. If you like interaction, and you like a Euro games, give it a try. My number four, it's. From 2015, it's a game that Ryan mentioned earlier. That is Prodigal's Club. So, yeah, just a lot of fun. It's cool. You're trying to lose all these points. You're trying to lose your friends. You're trying to lose the election and all your money and all that stuff. And then you're scoring that at the end. So It's, it's got uh, the artwork. It's got some funny... Yeah, it's kind of like zany artwork yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My number four, Tim has mentioned. And that is Architects of the West Kingdom. Don't really need to get too much more into it. We've discussed it quite a bit here, even just in this top ten. Really glad I picked it up. Well, really glad I got gifted it, rather. <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun, and I'm excited to keep playing it and kind of try, you know, different strategies, going super low on the virtue track versus going super high on the virtue track, or just coming out by the skin of my teeth out of low virtue at the end of the game. Like, that's what I did last game, mm-hmm. and then I won. <laughs> yeah, so toss that in there. <laughs> just leave it that. I love how that's how gets sprinkled <laughs> in. That's why he likes Western yeah. Legends as much as he does. And hey, I don't win often. So I these, gotta talk about it. Are these like the ten games you won all year <laughs> yeah. then, or what? Yep, yep. <laughs> no, no, I don't think I've ever won my number two. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Must be really good. Must be a really good game then if it's... you haven't even won it and you still like it. <laughs> I, yeah, it is good. All right, my number three. Tim, I am starting to think you might not like this game. It could have, it's a Euro and it could have yeah, some I, I uh, interaction. And that is uh, Brass Lancashire. So it was just uh, reprinted by Roxley Games. Uh, it's really, it's a heavy game. It's simple enough to grasp and understand the rules, but there's a few things you really got to think about when you're building up your network or building your route. Basically, you're playing the game twice within one game. You play one era, the canal era, nearly everything resets, and then you play the rail era. But it's very, it's very interesting. You got to consume coal and iron during it and you got to really pay attention to where you're at on the board you don't want to get, get blocked out of areas you want people to use your coal and iron so that they flip to score you points it's just it's really cool and yeah. it looks great yeah i'm really looking forward to playing this one i'm a little worried <laughs> <laughs> i think you should be <laughs> i i'm looking forward to it but you know we'll see yeah i'm, I'm going in 
it can definitely i've only played it with two and i enjoy it this much and i hear it's really shines at three and four but that might be a bad thing for you because i think it's going to have <laughs> that more interaction of blocking and all that stuff with three and four okay yeah we'll see <laughs> that's all i gotta say about it <laughs> my number three it is a 2017 release that's it, way back there. It's way back. <laughs> Can you guys think back? Uh, <laughs> it's Ethnos. It looks weird. Where you're... It, like, the theme of it, you're sending out... Like, you're set collecting, and you're sending out war bands of creatures to take over territories, and you're stacking your little discs up. So I, there's not really much of a theme. It's just set collection and doing different abilities just kind of kind of an interesting thing going on. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. It's a good uh, mix of area control and set collection yeah. and the little special abilities that each of the tribes have. It's a lot of fun. Um, I know a lot of people complain about the artwork in the game. I like it. Mm-hmm. I think the board could be a little bit better, but I like the... I like the card art. Creature. Yeah, I like the card yeah. art too. And I can understand that's preference and whatnot, but yeah. Yeah, I'd like the board to be maybe just a bit bigger yeah it's kind of a surprise how much i knew i, th- I thought i would like it but that i liked it that much yeah because cool. that is one like we play it as soon as we play it, it's like oh, let's play again yeah yeah yep. well my number three is an abstract strategy game and that would be czar won't go too much into it uh you just there's not much to go into <laughs> <laughs> rules are really simple straightforward and you guys disagree on how it looks i think it looks great and i think it plays simply and very fast and it's got that i want to play again feel and i'm, I'm gonna probably probably gonna be one of my most played games yeah it's quick i mean it's one of those two you play you want to play again but yeah it's i, I enjoy czar it's a fun game i'm so on fence about it it doesn't look great played interesting where you're kind of jumping pieces and stuff so mm-hmm. i like to try it again for sure all right my number two uh tim you had mentioned earlier and that is alchemist and just last week me and my brother got together to play some games we got together a couple of days ago we played this right away again played it both times and i really enjoy really everything about the game it's uh the work replacement part is fun and there's some different twists to it because you're deducing mixing your potions which can have negative effects your publishing theories which you know are wrong or probably wrong or might be wrong but it's better to do that even though you lose a lot of points if you're wrong because you gain stuff during the game and the uh, debunking theories is always interesting and it's a lot of fun and i enjoy it a lot and i look forward to adding the uh expansion to it the king's golem mm-hmm. yeah we haven't played that way yet no it's i guess it makes it uh quite a bit heavier i'm not sure i haven't really read up on it fully but i want to get more plays under my belt before i throw that in yeah it's a big game that you you want to understand yeah before you add stuff so my number two it's a 2018 release oh man that's an old one it's really old. Early 2018, though. Well, it's like so. 2017, then. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'll say six, 2016 release. It's, it's close. 
But we talked about it earlier, and that's Rising Sun. Well, they might have even started the Kickstarter in 2016, really. Maybe the idea for the game was in 2014, no, I think it, even. It been. I think it was... This is like your oldest one on the list, then. <laughs> no, it's not. That would put it at, like, my fifth oldest. All right. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Sidetracked. But I, I think the Kickstarter did start in 2017 and ran for, like, two weeks. Anyways. Um, yeah, so we talked about it earlier. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you kind of know my thoughts on it already, so yeah. My number two is that one that I still have not won, but it still climbs up to number two on this list, and that's Power Grid. Just There's just something about it. I don't know. Uh, the bidding, it's, it's got to be. I don't have a game that's like that, and it's, it's on my top ten of all time. Makes this list too. I'd li- I would like to play with some of the expansions. I don't know if that'll hurt it or help it for me or not, because I like the base yeah. already so much. Yeah, like I just like like you said, the bidding and then the uh, buying the resources where you kind of make someone else pay more and the placement on the map mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's just got a lot of cool stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it a lot where you're kind of figuring out, okay, if I keep bidding this guy up, I can afford this much, but maybe he can't, and I gotta try to yeah. save coins to buy resources and yeah. yeah, yeah, it's good. And my top game that I uh, first played this year was uh, Mage Knight. Really, I like nearly everything about the game. The only thing I would say is you don't want to play it with more than two if they're not very familiar with the game. But uh, I think it's a great solo and two-player game. I haven't even played the competitive mode yet. I've only played it cooperative, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I just recently played the Ultimate Edition. Just the the initial, what do they call walkthrough. it? The, yeah, the initial walkthrough. I just played that solo. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I played that solo, and then we played that Origins with the four learning, players. learning scenario. And I, I felt like that was, it was too long. Oh was, yeah, but, there was way too much time between my turns. It was like yeah, but yeah, I can see where you where you're going there. It's solo two, maybe three if they know what if they're doing. They, yeah, I've I've been trying it, but I really have to know what they're doing. And yeah, okay, my number one new to me game that I played this past year. It is the oldest game on my list. It's Concordia. It was in my top ten. So I mean, I just there's a lot I like about it. Except for the cover oh. art. Okay, as I say, I don't think there's the, any interaction here. So. <laughs> yeah. There's a little, because, you know, when somebody else goes into a, a city or wherever. Well, I mean, any game has interaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're making it sound like I just, like any game with any interaction. I just want to play solo games by myself. You know. <laughs> no, so there's a, you know, I like how the card works, you know, your scoring and all that stuff. I talked about it last episode, so. That's my yeah, it's the card play is really fun in that game, yeah. and it's simplistic. Mm-hmm. My number one is just the in-space version of Clank. Clank in space. Uh, great deck builder. Great adventuring on the board. It's just the, the sci-fi theme shines in it, and there's so many parodies on things oh, from yeah. actual yeah. sci-fi the comedy in the cards and exactly stuff. Yeah. and I, I will play this anytime anyone asks so which one i like both of them 
Mm-hmm. I probably prefer space a little bit more because it has a little more to it, but I enjoy them both. Which one do you prefer? In space. Okay. Now, I don't know if some of the original Clank's expansions Which might help that for me. Cause one like, or the other. Yeah. Because, like, the Under the Pyramid theme, I love Egyptian, Egyptian. mythology, yeah. all of that, and so that might change it for me. Mm-hmm. But um, still got to try the Apocalypse expansion yeah. for Clank and Space. I think that sounds really interesting. I like the Dragon Cubes or whatever it is. Ba- basically, the Erratic Kiss or, yeah. yeah um, it adds scenarios, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm excited to try that, hopefully soon. I have to um, I gotta call you out a little bit. You said you play it any place with anyone at any time. You have still not played it with me. Well... <laughs> There is a little interaction in the game, but, <laughs> but you've played regular Clank. And I, I've played regular Clank, just not in space. Right. And but I'm, I, I like space. I know. Well, pick it. Pick it next game day. <laughs> yeah, it's really on you. Yeah. Oh, that's that's my fault. Yeah, yeah next time that's, you're, that's fair. Next time you're picking, fair. I expect to see Warsaw on the table, <laughs> and I expect to see Clank in space. Are you gonna bring him on Friday? I expect him to sure. pick Hansa Teutonica. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That, and then just leave. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want a bad time? <laughs> We're having a good time. You're having a bad time. Well, that's my number one. I have Clank a couple uh, honorable mentions. I'd like to talk about Teotihuacan. The only reason that's not on my list is uh, we demoed it at Origins and we played like a third or a quarter of a game, but I definitely can tell it probably would have been in my top three, four if I had played a full game of it. I'm still waiting on my copy to arrive. Really? Yep. Yeah, that's that's really good. I liked it a lot. Uh, they kind of dice movement around and you're kind of doing different actions and stuff. So I didn't want to just throw like a half game yeah. or less demo in there. Right. right. It's right up my alley. That's fair. And then the other one was a Gaia Project. Now, we had played that. It was at Game Hole Con. We at a convention. It was the last night we were there. It was real late. Yeah. We only played it two-player as well. I think it'd be much better with three and four. We were kind of muddling through the rules, mm-hmm. learning the game. Just kind of a learning. I definitely want to try it a couple more times. I think I'll like it quite a bit, but that's just another one I wanted to throw out there. Okay. Yeah, I, the only other two that weren't talked about that are on my honorable mentions was uh, Grand Austrian Hotel. We played it. Uh, I only played it once, but I, I really like the uh, I really like that play of it. And then uh, Outlive played it twice. Mm. Kind of a interesting kind of post-apocalyptic worker placement, that kind of stuff. So, so that wraps up our top ten list of this week. Now, before we wrap up the episode, do you guys have any new games you've been playing or any interesting news notes you want to talk about? Um, Anachrony, it's not new, but uh, I've been, I just played that again. I know I talked about it last episode, I believe, but played it again, and uh, I'm enjoying it more and more each play. I'm really liking this game. And I just got the uh, Meeple Reality insert, or Realty insert, and uh, putting that together, and it looks to be pretty sweet. Huh. I think the most recent game I played was Takedo for the first time. I got like the fifth printing or whatever. Finally, um, it, it was fun. It, it's it's really simple, 
I like that all your points can be counted. Like, at any time, if you mess up, everything that you've scored is right in front of you, so you can't really mess up your points. Like, the look of it a lot. Yeah, yeah it looks clean. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it was a lot of fun when we played. Mm-hmm. Kind of moving along, taking each action. Or... Even though I just kept getting last <laughs> at every in. <laughs> Go in last, don't get the action I wanted, <laughs> that kind of thing. But it was cool. And uh, along with waiting for my copy of Teotihuacan, and I'm looking forward to New Frontiers, which is kind of a meld between uh, like Roll and Race for the Galaxy in Puerto Rico. Kind of take might take the best of all those and put them together. Hmm. And uh, Gugong, I'm looking forward to that. Tim, that's the same designer as Hansa, so you'll be excited. Oh yeah. And uh, as long Great as it's West- not Hansa, reprinted. And the uh, Great Western Trail expansion, I'm looking forward to giving that a try. That's one of my favorite games, so I'm excited to try that out. I think it really changes it up quite a bit from what I hear. Yeah, the two two games I'm going to talk about, they're kind of the same. Um, My oldest son, who's almost six, we went up to uh, a game store and we played um, Rhino Hero, Mm -hmm. which he... Picked up really well. You're just stacking the, the single building. And then uh, after that, we played Rhino Hero Super Battle. It's actually played fairly differently, where you have like three starting floor tiles and you're building this tower up. So you're kind of connecting different floors and you got tall walls, short walls, different stuff. But each player gets their own superhero meeple. So you're like moving up the tower. And if you're on the same floor, you're rolling dice to fight. So a little random, dexterity, kind of zany theme. But we both had a lot of fun with it. He, he was laughing the whole time and, of course, went nuts when the tower fell over. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what is something uh, you, you guys would like to see in 2019 for board game, whether it's uh, board gaming, whether it's a game you're anticipating... Um, it's a theme you'd like to see in a game or something you'd like to see done in the hobby. What's something that you really want to see happen next year? That's an interesting question. My first thought, the first thing that comes to my mind, so a lot of people getting burnt out on Lovecraft games. Mm -hmm. I'm one of them. You are one of them. (laughs) Yep. I'm not necessarily one of them, but hear me out. Instead of doing Lovecraft games like crazy, what if they took a different author that I'm a pretty big fan of. Uh, Stephen King. I if you couldn't tell. <laughs> yep, that's how that was going. <laughs> so if they kept the horror theme, but they were gearing games towards certain books, like It, you could have a one versus many game. You can sure. fight through that. Or, you know, there's there's so many different books that he's written and different properties, so he could... Yeah, and his universe is vast. You know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's, and I understand... People love uh, Lovecraft and mm-hmm. Cthulhu and whatnot. It just was—it's just too many games have it for me. But yeah, and, and I still enjoy like Cthulhu Wars. I enjoy, you know, I enjoy a lot of those games. But when I just hear of a new game coming out and that's the theme now, I just automatically am just kind of apprehensive, I guess, towards it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, <clears throat> yeah, and it's not a um, well, how H.P. Lovecraft is public domain. Yeah, it's public, public domain. domain. Yeah. So if they would go the Stephen King route, it wouldn't be public domain. So only 
companies that could afford the yeah. license for the certain books and but I think it definitely have its appeal to a lot of people you know yeah, it's, yeah. His, you know there's a lot of you know his books the movies they have mass appeal too so mm -hmm. I think that would be that'd be pretty cool I'd be Oh, I'd be, be on board. Yeah, I'd be all over it. Yeah, so. that's a solid idea. I just think that it would, yeah, cost a lot of money to get someone like that on board. I, I mean, I don't know him personally, <laughs> obviously, but because <laughs> I, I, he's huge. I mean, not, like everyone, like everyone knows Stephen King. So I could be wrong, but I thought I had heard the reason because there's so many movies, shows, or whatever now, and shows into his books because he doesn't ask for a lot. Oh, okay. I could be wrong, but I. Well, I think that it just just a theme that is untapped potential. A lot of people are interested in it. I know I am. There's astrology. There's so many aspects to it that you could utilize from like the different houses and just the different sun signs. Uh, someone could make a really cool game out of that. Yeah, I'm sure there's something out there, but I can't think of anything. Yeah, there could be off the, the top nothing, of my head. Nothing comes to mind for me either. Yeah. Um, I guess a couple things I enjoy seeing is uh, like a World War II or like a Vietnam War, something where it's a Euro game. It doesn't necessarily focus on the warfare or the battling aspect, but it's. Uh, it focuses on like the supply lines and getting supplies to the soldiers and the troops and different things like that, or keeping the morale up of the the nation or the army, things like that, where it covers a different part of the war because you got all these war games, but I don't feel like anything focuses on those other parts of it, and those could be really interesting things to focus on. Yeah, I've seen games where you're trying to block people's supply lines and stuff, but it's not the main point. Like that, the uh, Napoleon game that we oh, play. Yeah. The the goal of it is to like block off the supply lines. Yeah, and I don't know if it necessarily just be about like supply lines and stuff. It's just like a game about war where it doesn't focus on the battles and right. things like that. Right, and that Napoleon game definitely is about the battles. Yeah, yeah. I would suggest, and I have a couple of them, and we played one quite a few years ago with the coin game so they they're kind of a counterinsurgency but they don't quite maybe not quite supply lines but they don't fully focus on the war you know there's different events and different stuff like that so mm -hmm. it's, it just i guess that didn't feel thematic to me at all like i want to like you know what i mean mm -hmm. i know what you're saying though yeah that doesn't focus solely on just like the warring aspect of yeah. But you want to see more of that. Yeah. Like a World War II themed one or Vietnam. The U.S.'s perspective for Vietnam, half the people want to be in the war, half the people don't. You know what I mean? Like, I think covering that would be kind of cool. And another thing would be uh, like a heavier game. There's a lot of lighter ones out there, but a heavier game that covers paleontology or archaeology type of thing. It really is a theme that resonates with me. I find it very interesting. And there's nothing out there that's, I don't even know about medium weight, but medium to heavy type game covering that. You could, work, you could place your workers out and dig up fossils, yeah, and then you got to try to piece them together. Yeah, whatever someone would come up with, but yeah, just the different aspects that'd, that'd be of cool. that. Yeah, like an Indiana Jones game, or like the actual uh, like digging up of fossils, or not so much focused on the adventure, like Indiana Jones type of things. What you want? You want a heavy game? 
that is going out and doing that. Yeah, like, I don't know what all the aspects are to that, but yeah, like, getting the tools and picking a digging site and, you know, oh, sure. things like that. And finding something and then, well, what did you find? Or how much of it do you find? You know, right, right. things like that. Is it a new species that's been discovered? Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. And selling them to like music. I know there's uh, Artifacts Inc. and there's yeah. some lighter ones like Thieves, I think, and some other things. But you want a game that really makes you think. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Next time on Table Talk, we discuss combat resolution in games. We review Western Legends and Dead of Winter, and we go over our top 10 thematic games. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dual Win Games.